Owen Wingrave by Henry James, Part Three. Less than a week after this, Spencer Coyle received a note from Miss Wingrave, who had immediately quitted London with her nephew. She proposed that he should come down to Paramore for the following Sunday. Owen was really so tiresome on the spot in that house of examples and memories and in combination with her poor dear father who was dreadfully annoyed it might be worth their while to make a last stand mr coyle read between the lines of this letter that the party at paramore had got over a good deal of ground since miss wingrave in baker street had treated his despair as superficial she was not an insinuating woman but she went so far as to put the question on the ground of his conferring a particular favour on an afflicted family and she expressed the pleasure it would give them if he should be accompanied by mrs coyle for whom she enclosed a separate invitation she mentioned that she was also writing subject to mr coyle's approval to young lechmere she thought such a nice manly boy might do her wretched nephew some good the celebrated crammer determined to embrace this opportunity and now it was the case not so much that he was angry as that he was anxious as he directed his answer to miss wingrave's letter he caught himself smiling at the thought that at bottom he was going to defend his young friend rather than to attack him he said to his wife who was a fair fresh slow woman a person of much more presence than himself that she had better take miss wingrave at her word it was such an extraordinary such a fascinating specimen of an old english home this last allusion was amicably sarcastic he had already accused the good lady more than once of being in love with owen wingrave she admitted that she was she even gloried in her passion which shows that the subject between them was treated in a liberal spirit she carried out the joke by accepting the invitation with eagerness young lechmere was delighted to do the same his instructor had good-naturedly taken the view that the little break would freshen him up for his last spurt it was the fact that the occupants of paramore did indeed take their trouble hard that struck spencer coyle after he had been an hour or two in that fine old house this very short second visit beginning on the saturday evening was to constitute the strangest episode of his life as soon as he found himself in private with his wife they had retired to dress for dinner they called each other's attention with effusion and almost with alarm to the sinister gloom that was stamped on the place the house was admirable with its old grey front which came forward in wings so as to form three sides of a square but mrs coyle made no scruple to declare that if she had known in advance the sort of impression she was going to receive she would never have put her foot in it she characterized it as uncanny she accused her husband of not having warned her properly he had mentioned to her in advance certain facts but while she almost feverishly dressed she had innumerable questions to ask he hadn't told her about the girl the extraordinary girl miss julian that is he hadn't told her that this young lady who in plain terms was a mere dependent 
would be in effect and as a consequence of the way she carried herself the most important person in the house mrs coyle was already prepared to announce that she hated miss julian's affectations her husband above all hadn't told her that they should find their young charge looking five years older i couldn't imagine that said mr coyle nor that the character of the crisis here would be quite so perceptible but i suggested to miss wingrave the other day that they should press her nephew in real earnest and she has taken me at my word they've cut off his supplies they're trying to starve him out that's not what i meant but indeed i don't quite know to-day what i meant owen feels the pressure but he won't yield the strange thing was that now that he was there the versatile little coach felt still more that his own spirit had been caught up by a wave of reaction if he was there it was because he was on poor owen's side his whole impression his whole apprehension had on the spot become much deeper there was something in the dear boy's very resistance that began to charm him when his wife in the intimacy of the conference i have mentioned threw off the mask and commended even with extravagance the stand his pupil had taken he was too good to be a horrid soldier and it was noble of him to suffer for his convictions wasn't he as upright as a young hero even though as pale as a christian martyr the good lady only expressed the sympathy which under cover of regarding his young friend as a rare exception he had already recognized in his own soul for half an hour ago after they had had superficial tea in the brown old hall of the house his young friend had proposed to him before going to dress to take a turn outside and had even on the terrace as they walked together to one of the far ends of it passed his hand entreatingly into his companion's arm permitting himself thus a familiarity unusual between pupil and master and calculated to show that he had guessed whom he could most depend on to be kind to him spencer coyle on his own side had guessed something so that he was not surprised at the boys having a particular confidence to make he had felt on arriving that each member of the party had wished to get hold of him first and he knew that at the moment jane wingrave was peering through the ancient blur of one of the windows the house had been modernized so little that the thick dim panes were three centuries old to see if her nephew looked as if he were poisoning the visitor's mind mr coyle lost no time therefore in reminding the youth and he took care to laugh as he did so that he had not come down to paramore to be corrupted he had come down to make face to face a last appeal to him he hoped it wouldn't be utterly vain owen smiled sadly as they went asking him if he thought he had the general air of a fellow who was going to knock under i think you look strange i think you look ill spencer coyle said very honestly they had paused at the end of the terrace i've had to exercise a great power of resistance and it rather takes it out of one ah my dear boy i wish your great power for you evidently possess it were exerted in a better cause owen wingrave smiled down at his small instructor i don't believe that then he added to explain why 
isn't what you want if you're so good as to think well of my character to see me exert most power in whatever direction well this is the way i exert most owen wingrave went on to relate that he had had some terrible hours with his grandfather who had denounced him in a way to make one's hair stand up on one's head he had expected them not to like it not a bit but he had had no idea they would make such a row his aunt was different but she was equally insulting oh they had made him feel they were ashamed of him they accused him of putting a public dishonour on their name he was the only one who had ever backed out he was the first for three hundred years every one had known he was to go up and now every one would know he was a young hypocrite who suddenly pretended to have scruples they talked of his scruples as you wouldn't talk of a cannibal's god his grandfather had called him outrageous names he called me he, he called me here the young man faltered his voice failed him he looked as haggard as was possible to a young man in such magnificent health i probably know said spencer coyle with a nervous laugh owen wingrave's clouded eyes as if they were following the far-off consequences of things rested for an instant on a distant object then they met his companions and for another moment sounded them deeply it isn't true no it isn't it's not that i don't suppose it is but what do you propose instead of it instead of what instead of the stupid solution of war if you take that away you should suggest at least a substitute that's for the people in charge for governments and cabinets said owen wingrave they'll arrive soon enough at a substitute in the particular case if they're made to understand that they'll be hung if they don't find one make it a capital crime that'll quicken the wits of ministers his eyes brightened as he spoke and he looked assured and exalted mr coyle gave a sigh of perplexed resignation it was a monomania he fancied after this for a moment that owen was going to ask him if he too thought he was a coward but he was relieved to observe that he either didn't suspect him of it or shrank uncomfortably from putting the question to the test spencer coyle wished to show confidence but somehow a direct assurance that he didn't doubt of his courage appeared too gross a compliment it would be like saying he didn't doubt of his honesty the difficulty was presently averted by owen's continuing my grandfather can't break the entail but i shall have nothing but this place which as you know is small and with the way rents are going has quite ceased to yield an income he has some money not much but such as it is he cuts me off my aunt does the same she has let me know her intentions she was to have left me her six hundred a year it was all settled but now what's settled is that i don't get a penny of it if i give up the army i must add in fairness that i have from my mother three hundred a year of my own and i tell you the simple truth when i say that i don't care a rap for the loss of the money the young man drew a long slow breath like a creature in pain then he subjoined that's not what worries me what are you going to do asked spencer coyle i don't know perhaps nothing nothing great at all events 
only something peaceful owen gave a weary smile as if worried as he was he could yet appreciate the humorous effect of such a declaration from a wingrave but what it suggested to his companion who looked up at him with a sense that he was after all not a wingrave for nothing and had a military steadiness under fire was the exasperation that such a programme uttered in such a way and striking them as the last word of the inglorious might well have engendered on the part of his grandfather and his aunt perhaps nothing when he might carry on the great tradition yes he wasn't weak and he was interesting but there was a point of view from which he was provoking what is it then that worries you mr coyle demanded oh the house the very air and feeling of it there are strange voices in it that seem to mutter at me to say dreadful things as i pass i mean the general consciousness and responsibility of what i'm doing of course it hasn't been easy for me not a bit i assure you i don't enjoy it with a light in them that was like a longing for justice owen again bent his eyes on those of the little coach then he pursued i've started up all the old ghosts the very portraits glower at me on the walls there's one of my great-great-grandfather the one the extraordinary story you know is about the old fellow who hangs on the second landing of the big staircase that fairly stirs on the canvas just heaves a little when i come near it i have to go up and down stairs it's rather awkward it's what my aunt calls the family circle it's all constituted here it's a kind of indestructible presence it stretches away into the past and when i came back with her the other day miss wingrave told me i wouldn't have the impudence to stand in the midst of it and say such things i had to say them to my grandfather but now that i've said them it seems to me that the question's ended i want to go away i don't care if i never come back again oh you are a soldier you must fight it out mr coyle laughed the young man seemed discouraged at his levity but as they turned round strolling back in the direction from which they had come he himself smiled faintly after an instant and replied ah we're tainted all they walked in silence part of the way to the old portico then spencer coyle stopped short after having assured himself that he was at a sufficient distance from the house not to be heard suddenly put the question what does miss julian say miss julian owen had perceptibly coloured i'm sure she doesn't conceal her opinion oh it's the opinion of the family circle for she's a member of it of course and then she has her own as well her own opinion her own family circle do you mean her mother that patient lady i mean more particularly her father who fell in battle and her grandfather and his father and her uncles and great-uncles they all fell in battle hasn't the sacrifice of so many lives been sufficient why should she sacrifice you oh she hates me owen declared as they resumed their walk ah the hatred of pretty girls for fine young men exclaimed spencer coyle he didn't believe in it but his wife did 
it appeared perfectly when he mentioned this conversation while in the fashion that has been described the visitors dressed for dinner mrs coyle had already discovered that nothing could have been nastier than miss julian's manner to the disgraced youth during the half-hour the party had spent in the hall and it was this lady's judgment that one must have had no eyes in one's head not to see that she was already trying outrageously to flirt with young leshmore it was a pity they had brought that silly boy he was down in the hall with her at that moment spencer coyle's version was different he thought there were finer elements involved the girl's footing in the house was inexplicable on any ground save that of her being predestined to miss wingrave's nephew as the niece of miss wingrave's own unhappy intended she had been dedicated early by this lady to the office of healing by a union with owen the tragic breach that had separated their elders and if in reply to this it was to be said that a girl of spirit couldn't enjoy in such a matter having her duty cut out for her owen's enlightened friend was ready with the argument that a young person in miss julian's position would never be such a fool as really to quarrel with a capital chance she was familiar at paramore and she felt safe therefore she might trust herself to the amusement of pretending that she had her option but it was all innocent coquetry she had a curious charm and it was vain to pretend that the air of that house wouldn't seem good enough to a girl clever as she might be of eighteen mrs coyle reminded her husband that the poor young man was precisely now not of that house this problem was among the questions that exercised their wits after the two men had taken the turn on the terrace spencer coyle told his wife that owen was afraid of the portrait of his great-great-grandfather he would show it to her since she hadn't noticed it on their way downstairs why of his great-great-grandfather more than any of the others oh because he's the most formidable he's the one who's sometimes seen seen where mrs coyle had turned round with a jerk in the room he was found dead in the white room they've always called it do you mean to say the house has a ghost mrs coyle almost shrieked you brought me here without telling me didn't i mention it after my other visit not a word you only talked about miss wingrave oh i was full of the story you have simply forgotten then you should have reminded me if i had thought of it i would have held my peace for you wouldn't have come i wish indeed i hadn't cried mrs coyle what is the story oh a deed of violence that took place here ages ago i think it was in george the first's time colonel wingrave one of their ancestors struck in a fit of passion one of his children a lad just growing up a blow on the head of which the unhappy child died the matter was hushed up for the hour some other explanation was put about the poor boy was laid out in one of those rooms on the other side of the house and amid strange smothered rumours the funeral was hurried on the next morning when the household assembled colonel wingrave was missing he was looked for vainly and at last it occurred to some one that he might perhaps be in the room from which his child had been carried to burial 
the seeker knocked without an answer then opened the door colonel wingrave lay dead on the floor in his clothes as if he had reeled and fallen back without a wound without a mark without anything in his appearance to indicate that he had either struggled or suffered he was a strong sound man there was nothing to account for such a catastrophe he is supposed to have gone to the room during the night just before going to bed in some fit of compunction or some fascination of dread it was only after this that the truth about the boy came out but no one ever sleeps in the room mrs coyle had fairly turned pale i hope not thank heavens they haven't put us there we're at a comfortable distance but i've seen the gruesome chamber do you mean you've been in it for a few moments they're rather proud of it and my young friend showed it to me when i was here before mrs coyle stared and what is it like simply like an empty dull old-fashioned bedroom rather big with the things of the period in it it's panelled from floor to ceiling and the panels evidently years and years ago were painted white but the paint has darkened with time and there are three or four quaint little ancient samplers framed and glazed hung on the walls mrs coyle looked round with a shudder i'm glad there are no samplers here i never heard anything so jumpy come down to dinner on the staircase as they went down her husband showed her the portrait of colonel wingrave rather a vigorous representation for the place and period of a gentleman with a hard handsome face in a red coat and a peruke mrs coyle declared that his descendant sir philip was wonderfully like him and her husband could fancy though he kept it to himself that if one should have the courage to walk about the old corridors of paramore at night one might meet a figure that resembled him roaming with the restlessness of a ghost hand in hand with the figure of a tall boy as he proceeded to the drawing-room with his wife he found himself suddenly wishing that he had made more of a point of his pupils going to eastbourne the evening however seemed to have taken upon itself to dissipate any such whimsical forebodings for the grimness of the family circle as spencer coyle had preconceived its composition was mitigated by an infusion of the neighbourhood the company at dinner was recruited by two cheerful couples one of them the vicar and his wife and by a silent young man who had come to fish this was a relief to mr coyle who had begun to wonder what was after all expected of him and why he had been such a fool as to come and who now felt that for the first hours at least the situation would not have directly to be dealt with indeed he found as he had found before sufficient occupation for his ingenuity in reading the various symptoms of which the picture before him was an expression he should probably have an irritating day on the morrow he foresaw the difficulty of the long decorous sunday and how dry jane wingrave's ideas elicited in a strenuous conference would taste she and her father would make him feel that they depended upon him for the impossible 
and if they should try to associate him with a merely stupid policy he might end by telling them what he thought of it an accident not required to make his visit a sensible mistake the old man's actual design was evidently to let their friends see in it a positive mark of their being all right the presence of the great london coach was tantamount to a profession of faith in the results of the impending examination it had clearly been obtained from owen rather to spencer coyle's surprise that he would do nothing to interfere with the apparent harmony he let the allusions to his hard work pass and holding his tongue about his affairs he talked to the ladies as amicably as if he had not been cut off when spencer coyle looked at him once or twice across the table catching his eye which showed an indefinable passion he saw a puzzling pathos in his laughing face one couldn't resist a pang for a young lamb so visibly marked for sacrifice hang him what a pity he's such a fighter he privately sighed with a want of logic that was only superficial this idea however would have absorbed him more if so much of his attention had not been given to kate julian who now that he had her well before him struck him as a remarkable and even as a possibly fascinating young woman the fascination resided not in any extraordinary prettiness for if she was handsome with her long eastern eyes her magnificent hair and her general unabashed originality he had seen complexions rosier and features that pleased him more it resided in a strange impression that she gave of being exactly the sort of person whom in her position common considerations those of prudence and perhaps even a little those of decorum would have enjoined on her not to be she was what was vulgarly termed a dependent penniless patronized tolerated but something in her aspect and manner signified that if her situation was inferior her spirit to make up for it was above precautions or submissions it was not in the least that she was aggressive she was too indifferent for that it was only as if having nothing either to gain or to lose she could afford to do as she liked it occurred to spencer coyle that she might really have had more at stake than her imagination appeared to take account of whatever it was at any rate he had never seen a young woman at less pains to be on the safe side he wondered inevitably how the peace was kept between jane wingrave and such an inmate as this but those questions of course were unfathomable deeps perhaps kate julian lorded it even over her protectress the other time he was at paramore he had received an impression that with sir philip beside her the girl could fight with her back to the wall she amused sir philip she charmed him and he liked people who weren't afraid between him and his daughter moreover there was no doubt which was the higher in command miss wingrave took many things for granted and most of all the rigour of discipline and the fate of the vanquished and the captive but between their clever boy and so original a companion of his childhood what odd relation would have grown up it couldn't be indifference and yet 
on the part of happy handsome youthful creatures it was still less likely to be aversion they weren't paul and virginia but they must have had their common summer and their idol no nice girl could have disliked such a nice fellow for anything but not liking her and no nice fellow could have resisted such propinquity mr coyle remembered indeed that mrs julian had spoken to him as if the propinquity had been by no means constant owing to her daughter's absences at school to say nothing of owen's her visits to a few friends who were so kind as to take her from time to time her sojourns in london so difficult to manage but still managed by god's help for advantages for drawing and singing especially drawing or rather painting in oils in which she had immense success but the good lady had also mentioned that the young people were quite brother and sister which was a little after all like paul and virginia mrs coyle had been right and it was apparent that virginia was doing her best to make the time pass agreeably for young lechmere there was no such whirl of conversation as to render it an effort for mr coyle to reflect on these things for the tone of the occasion thanks principally to the other guests was not disposed to stray it tended to the repetition of anecdote and the discussion of rents topics that huddled together like uneasy animals he could judge how intensely his hosts wished the evening to pass off as if nothing had happened and this gave him the measure of their private resentment before dinner was over he found himself fidgety about his second pupil young lechmere since he began to cram had done all that might have been expected of him but this couldn't blind his instructor to a present perception of his being in moments of relaxation as innocent as a babe mr coyle had considered that the amusements of paramore would probably give him a fillip and the poor fellow's manner testified to the soundness of the forecast the fillip had been unmistakably administered it had come in the form of a revelation the light on young lechmere's brow announced with a candour that was almost an appeal for compassion or at least a deprecation of ridicule that he had never seen anything like miss julian End of part three